SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Brent. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. We up to you, big Tennessee Hober. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Now, I'm, dude, I'm great. I am awesome. I'm, I've been online here lately. Um, just. Just soaking up some of that rat poison, Mike. I know everybody's mad. We're talking about the Tennessee Volunteers. Well, damn, we ain't got to talk about them in twenty years. Let us let us marinate in a little bit. So, uh, no, I'm I'm with one you, of the brother. best things, Shay, that I seen this week. Someone said, "Well, hell, why don't you boys act like you've been there before?" <laughs> Tennessee's not been here since in this show's existence. You know what I mean? So seriously, I just started getting facial hair the last time we had that. I mean, you know, now I can't grow hair. So get the hell out of here. I want to talk about Tennessee Volunteers. That's what I'll talk about. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about other teams. I mean, we're going to get to it. This is Mike. We we we, we were talking before we got rolling here. Uh, I truly think that this Saturday, I've kind of dubbed it Separation Saturday. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of folks out there, and maybe myself included, that have created these little false narratives in the back of our mind that, hey, we control our destiny. We went out. We're going to an SEC championship. We're a team to be reckoned with. But I think, you know, you know, you have one game you drop, that's okay. But then you start losing the second games, then the narrative changes. And I think that comes to fruition this weekend, Mike. I, I really do think that we're going to have a little bit of separation with these SEC opponents. Yeah, it, this is perfect, Shane. I, I mean, we do not even – network what we're going to talk about before we hop on the line but i was gonna open the show with this shane sec championship odds updated via circa sports so you know to your point all 14 sec teams still have odds to win the conference because no one's been officially eliminated so let's just start at the bottom of the list shane arkansas auburn missouri and vanderbilt they all have 3,500 to one odds. So, hey, maybe you're feeling really good about your odds to win out. You'll need a couple upsets to do it. But Arkansas, Auburn, and Missouri, Vanderbilt, all 3,500 to, 3, to one. That feels about right <laughs> given their start to the season, don't you think? Oh, poor Arkansas, man. Roped in with Vandy now. <laughs> back back to the cellar. I I hate it for them because they, they had a lot. I mean, there was so much buzz yeah we 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 got in it mike we wallered in that thing for a little bit we got it got excited about arkansas's future and now here you are you know week what week six is this officially week six lumped in with vanderbilt yeah. so uh i hate that for them but that's but it's hey, like you said Chandler. they may be out for the sec but their mission now is to ruin it for many Mm -hmm. other teams, and I think they'll have an opportunity in the weeks to come. How about next on the docket, Shane, South Carolina, now you're a little bit more alive. Hell, we were some of those fans ready to run off some of the coaches. Now we're sitting here at four and two heading into the bye week. Yeah. 2,000 to one to win the SEC. So, hey, a hell of a lot better odds than these other teams. Yeah, yep. Need Georgia to drop a couple, but definitely got a shot there. It's a long shot, but – 
you got your first East victory. I think that's monumental and a lot to celebrate on. So, yep. uh, yeah, I mean, this is where you, Mike, this is where you truly gamble. You right. know, I mean, here, here you put a, a hundred on this thing. I mean, God, could you imagine? I mean, I'd be selling that. T- I'd go to Vegas to collect this damn thing if they hit it. So, yeah, I like it, man. They don't call it gambling for nothing. Now, how about this one, Shay? This team, these fans legitimately about a week or two ago had eyes of Atlanta. And, again, mm-hmm. they're not eliminated. Things are going to have to break their way. They're going to have to win out. But Kentucky, a 1,000 mm-hmm. to 1 to win the SEC. You get Will Levis back. Maybe he catches fire. That's one yeah. maybe you hunker down, you throw 50 bucks on. 50,000 we're talking about here. I mean, come on, man. Why not? Why not? Where are you going to blow it at? We're going to go down here to the local Golden Corral, put 50 <laughs> bucks in. You know what I'm saying? No, exactly. eat off the dollar menu, take a chance, and you may be rolling in dough at the end of the year. <laughs> All right. How about now, now we're getting to the, the serious, well, I don't know how serious these contenders are, but the odds suggest Florida, 250 to 1. And what they got in their back pocket, Shane, they play Georgia. So yeah. if they were able to upset Georgia, all of a sudden, and I know they mm-hmm. lost to Tennessee, but hell, Tennessee's got to play Alabama, got to play Georgia, got to play Kentucky. Yeah. So, you know, these odds make a little bit of sense here. Anthony Richardson catches fire at 250 to 1. Not saying it's going to happen, but. You know, right. I, I think I think you take it if you're a Gator fan. If I if I were taking one of these mics, that's what I want. I truly want a team that controls their own destiny. That hasn't lost. That doesn't need a lot of other things to happen to go yeah. to an SEC championship. Florida just if they catch fire like you said and and just take off and Anthony Richardson actually shows up every single game. Yeah, this may be a sneaky bet there for you. Now, how about this one, Shane? This team's got all the talent in the world. You nearly knocked off number one in the country on the road. No reason. If you play as well as you did in that ball game, you don't win every game. You're still going to need some help. But Texas yeah. A&M, 200-1 to 1 to win the SEC. So, hey, that's just letting you know Vegas has still got faith in, in Aggies and in, in in Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, I well, I, I like these odds better than I did the start of the season. I wish I could take my money out and redo it. <laughs> But I can't, so I'm still riding with you, Aggies. Come on, win that <laughs> SEC for me. <laughs> now, LSU, you're also there at 200-1, and I think that is in large part same deal as what I was saying about Florida. You still got Alabama. You host Alabama. You still got Ole Miss on the schedule. I mean, you win those ball games. You already beat Mississippi State. You got the, ed- the tiebreaker over them. Yeah. I know they just look – you know, really bad against Tennessee, but maybe that's because Tennessee's so good. LSU two hundred to one, still a fighting shot there for the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Well, and the progression of LSU, uh, I, they're a better team now than they were at the start of the season. So, right, yeah, if they if they keep that trajectory going, absolutely, they may be able to to upset a few of these teams in the West. Now, here's the best value bet on the board, Shane. I know you're gonna love this one, Mississippi State. 42 to 1. That's, hey, not great odds, but that's letting you know that, yeah. that Vegas is taking this seriously. I, I think the, the biggest problem with Mississippi State's not even Mississippi State, Shane. It's the yeah. fact they have to go to Alabama and they yeah. play Georgia. Now, they get to Georgia. Host, host Georgia, you know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a monumental task to beat those teams. But, hell, you keep improving. You play the best two games you ever played in your life. 
I'm just saying it could happen. Did in the way they're playing right now. Why wouldn't you? I mean, if you were taking a chance on any team. Yeah. I, I'm looking at Mississippi State. Yeah, they've got Alabama and Georgia, but so do a lot of these other teams. So, I, right. I, I like this. I like this bet. 42, so that's a 4,200. You put a hundo on that, 4,200, you can buy you a nice used car. You know, yeah. Not that you need one, but a little, little, little Honda Civic, you know, probably, I mean, probably not taking it to your girlfriend out in it, but you know, if you're going to work, try to save some money on gas, you know, I think my brother drives one on the Island there. So yeah. He, and you did it with a hundred dollar bet. Come on, put it on the Bulldogs. Now how about this, this one Shane, most overlooked team in the SEC without a doubt, Ole Miss 28 to one. Heck, you're undefeated. You control your destiny. You host mm-hmm. Alabama. I mean, why not? If you're that, that's great odds right there. Twenty-eight to one, Ole Miss to to win mm-hmm. the SEC championship. Yeah, no, this is a good one too. Again, you're you're undefeated. You're a top ten team. If you're just looking at those numbers alone, you'd think that this doesn't sound, something's wrong with this bet. But no, Ole Miss is looking good. They're they're they got. Obviously, some tough games ahead of him, but mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin has shown us a million times that, that he's able to win these tough fought ball games. So, yeah, I like that. I like, I love gambling. I might put a hundred on all of them, Mike. <laughs> one of them got to win. <laughs> and this one I know you're going to love, Shane. Tennessee, eight yeah. to one. Again, they have yeah. to beat Alabama. They got to, well, really, who they really yeah. got to beat is. Georgia in Athens, that's going to be key to this one. Yeah. That's going to be a monumental task. But the fact that they have to play both of those and they're so high on this list gives you an indication of, you know, what Vegas thinks of the Vols at 8-1. to one. What thoughts on those odds? I like that you mentioned that because it feels like it's a, a little less pressure this weekend. You don't have to win this game. You yeah. know, you, we'd love to have it as a Tennessee volunteer volunteer fan but you know maybe wait till next week if we lose the spread you know changes a little bit get a little better value on this but if they win you know they still got to beat georgia so i don't know eight to one that's still a little a little too rich for my blood but i i i, I yeah i'm gonna steer clear of that one for now <laughs> and i'm just curious shane so let's I'm, get past this weekend <laughs> obviously we've only got two left georgia and alabama which one i don't know if you've seen these or not but which team do you think has the best odds to win the SEC as of today? Georgia. Bingo. Yeah, you nailed it. I, yeah. I, that was surprised me a little bit. I kind of thought I, it'd be Alabama. Alabama, one and a half to one. So, <laughs> nearly even odds to win it. Yeah. Georgia, minus 105, which means you got you to gotta bet 105 bucks to win 100. So, <laughs> not great odds there. But why, in your mind, is, is Georgia the team to beat? scheduling I, I think this is all about scheduling mm-hmm. we talked about this coming into the season that's a reason one of my favorite bets was i think georgia was 10 and a half i've got i got a ton of money that georgia you know they they didn't think they could win 11 games and i'm looking at that schedule and i'm like find me a, i mean even if they drop one right. i could see you know them having a bad game but i couldn't find two um, so that's, that's why I like Georgia here. Just, just pure schedule and schedule alone. Hmm. Well, yeah. And yeah, I think you're on to something there, Shane, because Alabama does have to go to Tennessee. Obviously mm-hmm. they got to go to LSU. They got to go to Ole Miss. So these are difficult, difficult games, but Georgia, Shane, I mean, they got an upcoming slate of Florida and Jacksonville. Yeah. They host Tennessee. 
at Mississippi State, at Kentucky. That ain't yeah. e- that ain't easy either. Now now that we know yeah. more about these teams, you know what? I think the Mississippi State one. That's the that's the one that's really got me uh, where I could see you going the other way. The fact that it's there, right? But you know, having Tennessee at home is a big deal too. I believe so. Right. That's why I, you got out. Like you said, Alabama's got Tennessee on the road. They're red hot right now. Your quarterback's kind of banged up. So I, I just think a safer bet is Stetson. I mean, he's completely healthy. Uh, Georgia's, you know, hasn't been pretty, but they still win every single weekend. So, um, yeah, I still like my odds with the Bulldogs. Let me ask you one more thing on these odds, Shane. If Alabama wins on Saturday on the road at Tennessee, would you flip them to be the favorite to win the SEC? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) absolutely. I'm going to tell you right now, Mike, if Bryce steps on the field Saturday, Mm -hmm. I would have them on there. I think that's the the biggest thing is just the – that lingering injury. What? Yeah. How, what is this? How does this season play out? Does even if he comes out against Tennessee, what if he re-injures it? There's always that little that little asterisk by him. So um, I think that's the main thing that's keeping Alabama from being the favorite right now. Not so much scheduling, even though I kind of led with that, but I just really think it's the health of uh, uh, of Bryce right now. But we're talking a coin toss. Right, I mean, seriously, right. you know, it, it is a true one A one B situation here. You can't go wrong if you if you're a Georgia fan, put your damn money on Bulldogs, and if you like Bama, roll with Bama. You pro- odds are you're probably right. Yeah, this is basically going to be a week to week proposition, flipping back and <laughs> yeah. forth till they inevitably meet in uh, Atlanta in early December. You know what? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Shay. Let me add, and then probably again in the playoff. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're those, gonna get plenty of opportunities to see these two play i think <laughs> all right Chad, you ready to talk uh, look take a look ahead to this weekend preview some of these sec matchups let's do it <laughs> well let's start shane with uh the only non-conference game we got in the sec this week arkansas on the road at byu and this yeah. is a tricky game byu's four and two on the season shane but here's mm-hmm. who they've beaten south florida that's a joke they beat Baylor. That was an overtime. I think Baylor's a decent team. Wyoming and Utah State. So, who have you really beat? Nobody. Mm. Here's your losses. You lost to Utah, which we seen them. We weren't that impressed with them. Notre. They beat Notre Dame in Las Vegas. I think probably them Cougars. They were just distracted being in Las Vegas. So, yeah. Uh, that's the that's the path that they've gotten to this game. BYU number fifty two in the country in scoring number 73 in the country in defensive scoring. And where I'd really be concerned if I'm an Arkansas fan, of course, is the passing attack. And they got an average passing attack, Shane, number 42 in the country in passing. Mm-hmm. So this is not a game. You, you have to take it seriously, obviously. They just announced it's a sellout. It's not often we get an SEC team traveling to Provo, Utah. But yeah, this is not a team that Arkansas should lose to, don't you think? No, no. And I always think of BYU as one of those teams. And when I say those teams, you think of like Utah this year. You think of Houston, Boise State a few years back. You know, pretty good quarterback, decent offense. Mm -hmm. It's one of those teams that just kind of pops up and and winds up in some sort of discussion at the end of the year for a bowl game. I, I'm. They're not a threat. They're. They really aren't. And, and and that was that was kind of shown. I didn't watch all of the Notre Dame game, but you know, watching that one, I didn't walk away saying, you know what, this is a, 
this is a powerhouse. This is a team that can compete with the SEC. Uh, you know, that's that's what I'm thinking. So I, I don't. I, I think they're they're very small. Um, they've they've got some things that are you know obviously working. That's why they were top 25 last week. But so is Arkansas. So yeah. I, I think this is both both teams kind of looking for a rebound and. Um, there's no reason that Arkansas's roster should be worried about BYU's. And you talk about a separation Saturday, Shane. I mean, yeah. Arkansas not in it anymore for the SEC championship, but they mm-hmm. are in it for a for bowl game and to really – I mean, they could still win eight, maybe nine games, you know, if they win yeah. out. So – but they sure as hell can't do it if they don't win this one. This, this is a separation, I think, Shane. And, and next week they get a bye week. They desperately need to get to that bye week. They're pretty banged up. But it's almost like South Carolina last week, Shane, where we were picking against South Carolina. They were on the road against Kentucky. You get that win, and all of a sudden you go into the bye week with so much momentum, you're feeling great about the second half of your season. How important, given everything we know about the the Razorbacks, you know, this this is basically a season-defining game, don't you think? This, this is time, man. This is redemption hour, the witching hour, if you will. Uh, I, I think Arkansas has no more pressure. There's no more. There's no more responsibilities out there. Nobody's picking you to win anything. Yeah. And, and I think, I think sometimes that makes you dangerous because now teams start overlooking you. Because don't think at BYU hasn't watched these last three games and say, well, "Damn, these guys." We're gonna run all over them. We're gonna throw all over them. Their their defense is shit. We we ain't worried about Arkansas because that's what they're doing. They're uber confident that they are gonna bounce back this week against the Hogs, and and I don't think they do. And and the main reason is, you know, this team has suffered a lot of injuries, and, and you know hasn't looked fluid mm-hmm. up to this point you know it's just kind of choppy if you will they'll they'll do a couple things good and then they'll just kind of arkansas themselves and, and get out of a situation or, or or the ball game altogether i th- i think when i'm looking at arkansas here i've got my leader sam Pittman, players coach he's going to just sit down with these boys and just say guys rip up everything Okay, preseason ranks, top 25 ranks, all that shit. Just get it out of your mind. We're just a bunch of dudes going to go out here and play some college football. We're a bunch of dudes going to go out here and just play some smash-mouth offense and defense and get back to the roots, man. Don't get fancy. You know, maybe you get with Bryles and say, hey, man, let's just let's focus on what we are good at, and that is running the damn ball. And you ever hear that saying with Sandra Bullock, just run the damn ball? <laughs> I think that's what you got to do with BYU. You got to say this is going to come down to trench warfare, and my hogs, my big boys up front are better than your big boys, and we're going to put it to you. I think that's what's got to happen here is this has got to be – and it's and it's almost great that it's out there in BYU. You're away from the noise. You're you're away from all the, the the talking heads of that SEC podcast. You're sitting out there by yourself and like a camp, you know, and, and you guys are getting you're, – you're stripping down your team to the bare roots and you're getting back to fundamental football, and I think they do that this weekend, Mike. Yeah, I love that, Shane. Get back to what, what you do. Just lean on them. May not be pretty, but no, there's no style points at this point in time. The only thing you got to do is win a damn game, win it by one point, 
your fans will be as happy as they could be, or you know, as you'd win it by a hundred. They, they, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you've got to snap this losing streak going into the bye week and just lean on the smaller BYU team, even though they got yeah. some grown men out there. They're smaller men, you know. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They took a year or two off, you know, try to get back into football. I think that's how it works. But brother, I think what's got to happen is, like you said, is just smash mouth football, man. That's what Arkansas is good at, and it doesn't have to be sexy. It may be four yards at a time, yeah. but as long as that chain's moving and that clock's draining, and you got more points on the board than them other folks out there, dude. That's that's the recipe for Arkansas right now. Sure. Coach, what's the mood of you guys right now after three losses and so many injuries and stuff? And how do you get these guys back and get the energy right? You know, I think the difference, uh, Trey, in this year and last year when we went on a three-game losing streak was uh, the health of the team was was a little bit better. Um, um, We had won four instead of three, you know, before that. Uh, our next game was Pine Bluff instead of BYU. You know, there's some differences in the scheduling, differences in the health of the team. Uh, but I think we can we can go back on to uh, we'd lost three in a row last year and ended up in, in the top 20 in the country and, and finished out strong. Uh, I think, I think uh, you know, we're all disappointed. Not, I don't know if it's just the losses or – but how we've played the last two weeks, you know. I wouldn't put A&M in there. We made some mistakes there at the end of the A&M game in the second half. But the last two weeks, we just haven't played well, uh, made some mistakes. Uh, I have to get better as as coaches. And uh, But I, I think in a nutshell, it's – uh, we've lost three games, and we need to we need to stop. And uh, I think our team understands that. I don't. I didn't feel after the game I felt a lot of disappointment. I, I I think we've still. I don't think there's any way we've lost the team or anything. That I know that's not the question you're asking, but I I feel real comfortable that uh, we'll have a good week of practice and we'll be excited to go play and and uh, get our quarterback back and some. And hopefully we'll be able to get Slusher back. I, I still up, up up in the air right now. Now, Shane, we got we're going to upset some people here, but <laughs> we're beyond that, Mike. We've already <laughs> talked about Tennessee twice, you know. So <laughs> we have got us a hell of a game here in the SEC. Alabama on the road at Tennessee, and let's start with the Crimson Tide, Shane, because some I don't know if this occurred to you, but it, it did to me, Shane, on rewatch. Today, mm-hmm. remember that A&M game? Late in the game, A&M kicks a field goal to make it a four-point ball game. They kick off to Alabama. There's about three minutes, 30 seconds left. And maybe it's just because Alabama's a little bit different. They're constructed different. College football is constructed different. You know, a lot a lot more mm-hmm. wide open, a lot more passing. Receivers are, are paramount, and, of course, obviously the quarterback. But – Alabama of old chain during this Nick Saban dynasty, I cannot recall Mm -hmm. a time when they get the ball back with three minutes, four minutes, whatever, and they they can't put the game away. Yeah. But that's where Alabama is right now, and that's with, you know, all these incredible players to work with. And now maybe that's a function of not having Bryce Young, not having to respect Alabama's passing game, and and Jalen Milrow did have a number of turnovers, so maybe they just said, what the hell with it. We're not going to risk another fumble. Let's just let's mm-hmm. just see if we can pick us up on the ground. And 
a credit to A&M's defense. I'm not trying to slight them. They're, they were incredible on Saturday night. But does that say anything about Alabama, Shane, in, in your mind that, uh, you know, they couldn't put this thing away when they had the opportunity? Obviously, they won the game. That's all that really matters. But it surprises me, Shane, that uh, even at home, this, you know, Alabama's just constructed different. And that that could really hurt you on the road. Yeah, but again, we're talking – we're not talking Bryce under center here. Yeah. I, I think that's that's the key. And, and, and a lot of people look at last week, and, and myself included, and say, you know what, we can beat Alabama. But we've not – we're not – if we're not playing a complete Alabama, then I, I think you're talking two teams here. Um, I, because I feel like the Crimson Tide has kind of grown up over these last few weeks. Some of the things they really were bad at at the start of the season, they're starting to correct, man. That defense is starting to get a little bit more testy, a little bit more aggressive, more pressure on the backside. Uh, and your running game is finally going. I, I think, you know, that's dangerous. So if you can get your quarterback back and, and work on stretching the field, Alabama could beat anybody in the country, man. They've shown us right. that they could do that. So I, I just – there's so much – so many question marks. Actually, there's just one question mark. Is Bryce back this week? I think, I think that's what it comes down to. Now, the fact let's just let's so let's let's dissect that. If Bryce is not dressing out for this game, then yes, I think there is a little bit more pause in the play calling that you have. I think there's a little bit more hesitancy to to throw it down the field because. Even last week, we had a couple of really bad balls, man. Texas A&M should have had more interceptions than they did. So I, I, I know they're trying to get two-dimensional, but it's very, very tough to do. Uh, and and I just I don't see them doing that against Tennessee. I, I, I expect a, more of a conservative game than uh, than just going toe to toe and say, hey, let's let's play let's play some seven on seven here. Right, and, and any. Concern on your level, Shane, that uh, I know, you know, every Alabama team's different, so this may not 100% apply, but there's a ton of players on this roster that have won an SEC championship. They've been to a playoff. This, I don't think this game is going to phase them. Whereas yeah. Tennessee, I know they beat Florida, and it was kind of the similar. It was a lot of hoopla and game day and all that, and they came mm -hmm. out there and passed the test. But this is going to be on a different level uh, any concern? And not, and not only that, you want to talk just this team. I mean, they've won in Austin. That was an incredible, incredible scene. They've, yeah. they've Not only did they win in Arkansas, they destroyed Arkansas on the road. This is a battle-tested team that I don't think is going to be phased as crazy as it could be on Rocky Top. I do not think Alabama will be phased. Does that concern you at all? <laughs> Absolutely, man. You know, I don't remember last time we beat Alabama. I got a, this damn cigar. <laughs> I may get sick because it's so old. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if there's if there's an expiration date on this damn thing. So, absolutely, these guys have beat us time and time again. And you know, there's been years, there's been seasons along the way that we've, you know, we've created a fun narrative that this is the year that we could probably beat Alabama, and then we get the same situation at the end. You know, another cigar put away for another year. So, right. I, I I think. The big thing for Alabama or, or t Tennessee, I think a little they're getting a little bit more of that that spotlight. 
Um, we, I mean, they were really, when you talk about Florida, that thing was a, that was a, a pressure cooker. Everybody, the expectations, the, the, you know, this is, the, there's no way Tennessee can lose this thing. Like everything was going our way. There's no way the Vols can, can lose the game against Florida. And then it carried over to LSU. And in, in those situations, a lot of times you, you start seeing bad balls. You see them, you know, over their head or, too short or something like that and you know Tennessee had a couple of drops Saturday but I never felt like the moment was too big for them so that's a good thing and then but when you flip this the the side here you got Henry Toa Toa coming out you know which I wish Gary just get it out of the way like don't don't drag it out through the whole damn game you know just the first 10 minutes let's talk about him playing for the University of Tennessee and get it out but one of the things that Henry said when he came out was it's just another road game you know now he said all, all cool stuff you know this is a hostile environment blah 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 coach Nick Saban speak but the, the fact of the matter is this is just another away game for these guys they the the noise should be a factor but it may not be a factor as much to Alabama because everywhere Alabama goes, they're bringing with them the game of the week. They're bringing with them the spotlight. These kids are just galvanized with national media attention. So the, it's not it's not the moment's not bigger for them than it is for the Tennessee Vols. So yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, there is a little bit of. I guess you would say uh, favoritism or not favoritism, even though you're going to get that. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, like this is a like an attribute, you know, being able to go to these type environments and not get rattled as much. Yeah, and, and anything to the fact that uh, you know we've talked. This feels like a new Tennessee, different Tennessee, and. You know, you hear it from Josh Heupel, but I'll play his clip in just a second here, Shane. But they're they're more focused on themselves with the confidence, and I think they're they're playing at such a high level. I think it speaks to it, Shane. I mean, it, it kind of goes to like what you're saying. You go on the road to Baton Rouge. We talked about it all week long. It didn't even phase them. Florida, all the hype with Florida didn't even phase them. Um, and even this game, I I think with Josh Heupel, who has won a national championship, he's been in a spotlight as a player himself. I think that it just helps him as a coach, not only relate to the players, but kind of get – he knows how to calm them and, and get them to focus just on what they need to be focused on. And I think that really helps him. Well, you got to have that swagger, man. If you're gonna If you're going to try to knock off the best team in the country – or one of the best teams in the country. Calm down, Bulldog fans. We still know you're there. But I'm saying if if you're trying to do that, you have got to have that that swagger, man. You gotta come in there like a rooster. And because what you can't have is similar to what Haynes King did last week and these overthrows and, you know, impatient throws and and and, and you know, nervous runs and things like that. You can't have that when you're playing out by him. You gotta be cool as a cucumber. Yeah. And um and, and but Tennessee can't get rattled. That's that's what you got to be careful of. You saw it with Pitt when they went three series, three and outs. It's like, you know, that's that's what Tennessee can't afford to do. They got to come out, be confident, don't make stupid mistakes right out of the gate, and then we'll see how this thing plays out. Being physical is one thing, but what's the mindset you have got to take going in to play a team that's had so much success over the years like they have? 
Yeah, I mean, for us, it's about us, you know. And, uh, we look back at last year and, and the things that we did that hurt Tennessee. So prepare in a great way, um, practice well, and uh, that will lead you to kickoff. And, um, you know, we don't have to do anything extraordinary. we got to do the ordinary at a really high level and, uh, and then go late on the line and compete for 60 minutes. Josh, when you see the, the past two games you all have played, opponents, and these are regular big-time SEC opponents have had to go for it on fourth down ten times, just to try to keep up with what y'all are doing offensively. Is that the kind of thing that you think can give your players confidence, knowing that, hey, like they're doing this because they don't think that they can stop your offense? Uh, I think our, our players have gained confidence um, you know, because of the way that they continue to grow and the way they continue to play as much as anything. There, there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, our kids have been so much more consistent in their preparation, their habits, and uh, getting to kick off the right way. That's got to be the focus for us right now. Everybody's... Everybody in the program is excited about Saturday afternoon, and I know our fan base is too. The great thing about a, being a fan is you get to enjoy the, the week of just the buildup. As competitors, coaches, and players, man, it's, it's about your routine. It's about your habits. It's about preparing the right way, and, and uh, then we'll be ready to play. Coach, you talked about turnovers a little bit in your opening statement, and obviously you've still won all your games this year, but how challenging is it to win games when you have a negative turnover margin, and how much is that something you want the offense and defense to improve on in this last half of the season? Well, we've been emphasizing it like crazy, and, and um, this is the first time in a long time we've had a negative turnover ratio um, at this point in the season. Uh, we don't get enough turnovers on defense, and um, we've put, you know, we've given the ball up more than we have historically and both of those things need to improve because it is very very challenging i've said many times before you know one of the most compelling stats relative to winning and losing is turnover margin and every week we show the players okay if you're plus one you're plus two you're plus three all over the country what was the record if you're minus one minus two minus three all over the country what was the record and it's pretty compelling so um you know, it's one of the and, – and the players understand that, and they understand the value of turning the ball over relative to the other team, what, it, what the average turnover in a season allows you to score. And when you get a turnover, what that benefits you in scoring. So these are very important factors that have been emphasized, and we just need to do a better job. The podcast is brought to you by Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone also included, plus games in 4K at no extra charge. If you want to be like me and get rid of cable, Fubo TV could be your solution. Over hundreds of channels of live sports and entertainment for only a fraction of the cost of cable. Watch on all your devices with a cloud-based DVR, up to a 1,000 hours of cloud-based DVR included in this. There's no contract, no commitment. You can cancel at any time. And right now, Fubo TV is giving you free Fubo for seven days and get a 15% off your first month if you go to FuboTV.com slash SEC. That's F-U-B-O-T-V dot com slash S-E-C. You can try it for free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. 
All right, Shane, uh, speaking of separation Saturday, I think this could apply to both these teams in maybe a little bit different ways, but Mississippi State at Kentucky, Shane. Mm -hmm. Mississippi State, you know, we've talked about it. They, they got to play Georgia. They got to play Alabama. If you are, you know, going to go to a New Year's Six Bowl, maybe even contend for the SEC title, I, I say I forgot. I don't know why I do this, Shane, but, heck, I'm even – overlooking the egg bowl they got faced on the road <laughs> undefeated old miss so they yeah. legitimately have three of the toughest games possibly in the conference remaining with that taking that into consideration you just can't lose to kentucky if you're gonna have a special mm -hmm. season unless you're just gonna beat the hell out of everybody else which <laughs> and that seems unrealistic so this is a must win i think for mississippi state on the flip side kentucky you just lost two in a row that that was unfathomable well, just three weeks ago, you were top ten. I mean, this is this is a gotta get for Kentucky as well. So there's a lot yeah. of big time storylines going into this matchup. Will Levis expected to play? Heck, he said on the field last week, Shane. He he said he'd be good to go. But the coaches are playing coy. I think we all know that's a gamesmanship out there because mm -hmm. they got no shot in hell of beating Mississippi State without Will Levis. But if he's limited, Shane, I mean, I don't think he's going to be able to run much. That's that's a concern going into this matchup. And I, I don't know if you saw this. I, I believe you did. I, I shared it with you. But Mississippi – or excuse me, Kentucky, man, I was very disappointed in, in some of the effort plays there against yeah. South Carolina. I know it was late in the ball game. I know they're down. Maybe this defense was like, well, my God, we're not going to win this with <laughs> without Will Levis. But you just can't gift a, a touchdown to South Carolina in a – 10-point ball game. I mean, that that was the backbreaker. How, how much does that concern you, Shane, that, I mean, that was in the middle of a game here that, that we desperately needed to stay in the SEC race. Now we're going against red-hot Mississippi State. Is Kentucky on the verge of collapse, I guess is my question. Um, no. And, and I think the, the reason I'm saying no here is when I'm watching that South Carolina game – you got to remember, there's two entities. There's offense and defense. Yeah. You know, not nothing against special teams or anything like that, but it, it's it boils down offense and defense here, and it's at times can be frustrating for a defense for an offense that's not being productive, mm -hmm. and and I think that's kind of what we saw in that South Carolina game here. Here, Kentucky did everything they could possibly to put them in a winning position. And the offense just found creative ways to not allow that to happen. And I think that's what you got. A little bit of a finger-pointing situation. Now, that changes completely when your captain's back. And even if it's at 80%, I want Will back there. I want him throwing quick. I want him just just him. That That's going to keep the secondary – honest that's going to keep these linebackers honest and that's going to help uh rodriguez with his running so i think that is part of the things that we saw just pure frustration last week here's a kentucky team that was expecting to win and when they weren't i think there was some finger pointing going on here now on the other side of the ball you're looking at mississippi state red hot mississippi state but they're walking into LSU 2.0 here, and there is a real opportunity if they're ill-prepared, they can drop another defeat. They can't They can't afford to do that if, if they're going to, you know, win an SEC championship or, or seriously play for a West championship. Uh, but 
that's I think that's where Mississippi State is. They cannot take their foot off the gas because right. Kentucky's dangerous. Last yeah. week, Kentucky is not going to be this week, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of the mo of a Mike Leach's team. Shane, they're somewhat inconsistent. Now I don't think that's fair to label this team necessarily as inconsistent, but there was the just the one egg on their face, the trip mm-hmm. to Death Valley, like you mentioned, another road trip. They they certainly played well at Arizona, but this this ain't Arizona, brother. This is no. a Kentucky Wildcat. So, you know, there's something to be said for that. I mean, everybody's touting Will Rogers, and he deserves all the love he's getting. Uh, but this – and this series, Shane, <laughs> but whether it's Mark Stoops versus Dan Mullen or, or versus mm-hmm. Mike Stoops or even Joe Moorhead, it, it certainly seems to often when, when a team is totally counted out they pull one out. So, I mean, yeah. this this is an annual series that, uh, you know, not historic rivals or anything like that, but they have been, obviously, since the, the SEC went to divisions. This is one of the, the better annual matchups. Very unpredictable. I, I assume most people are going to be picking Mississippi State to win this, Shane. But mm-hmm. just keep that in the back of your mind. Kentucky, at home, desperation mode. Chris Rodriguez, Will Levis. I mean, they got – that's a hell of a combo with these receivers. I am not counting Kentucky out of this one, and they, they simply have to have this game. They have to, man. They absolutely have to. And they're going to have to – I would rather them go in a two-tight situation to keep Will vertical because, you know, they've got enough playmakers on the outside, even if it's one-on-one, to, to create some noise. Because Rodriguez is, again, going to keep everybody honest. Will is going to keep everybody honest. It's, it's, it's almost like we've not got to see a real complete game with Kentucky yet. Um, nothing against the Ole Miss thing, but, you know, he's just getting kind of back into game shape and everything. It just felt like it wasn't hitting on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. But last week it was. That running game was back Kentucky running game looked fantastic. And if they compare that with Will Levis, this this is a dangerous, dangerous squad. This is the team that we were talking about in the offseason. So even even Will Levis, like I said, at 70, 80%, I would rather have him out there because there are going to be opportunities when they still stretch the field and 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 don't get so predicted. I, I think that's the problem we saw last week. It was just Kentucky was so predictable that that South Carolina was just able to load that box up. Mark, with this being a home game, would that help in the crowd being what you expect them to be? Would that help to fix what's broken? No, the only thing to fix uh, anything is to get back to work. We know that. We've been there. We've, we've, we've you know, we've, we understand what it takes. Our team knows what it takes. Our coaching staff knows what it takes. And uh, we got to get back to work, you know. There's nobody gonna feel sorry for you. You know, you get back to work, get back on the horse, and uh, and get you know get back out of here this week. Is it concerning at all to hear? I mean, players say that the, the energy is just not there on the sidelines at this point in the season. Well, I think it's always concerning, and we talked about it. I mean, I talked about it since Monday. I challenged them. Actually, I challenged them in the locker room the week before, you know, uh, post game, and I challenged them again Monday every week about high energy. So. I guess I could talk about it till blue in the face, but uh, you know I think they they better do something about it. And you know I think that has to do with how we play too. You know you don't you don't uh, you know when you play very well, you seem to feed off the energy that's going on on the field. 
Coach, in 2020, in year one, your team averaged just over 21 points a game. Currently, you're averaging right around 38 points a game. Your quarterback says there's a lot more left in the tank. What do you see? How much more is left in the tank for this offense? Well, I think quite a bit because you're talking about, you know, every position uh, on the team, uh, you know, getting a little bit more, and you're constantly trying to pull slack out of the rope type of thing. And, you know, if each uh, position gets a little better, then the team gets a lot better. So, and I do think, I do think we got uh, quite a ways to go. I mean, I think, you know, we're getting, uh, we're finishing runs better than we did last year, but we could certainly do better. Uh, we're blocking the second level better than we did last year, but we can certainly do better. Um, you know, we were playing faster than we did last year, but we can certainly play faster. And then, you know, defensively, you know, we do a lot of good things, and we are kind of explosive and powerful on defense. But, uh, you know, we, um, you know, there's uh, some of the big plays we could definitely shut down too. Mm. Now, how about this one, Shane? Vanderbilt at Georgia. Mm-hmm. And man, Vanderbilt—they—they <laughs> actually have a top thirty-five offense efficiency in the country. They—they mm-hmm. uh, and that's higher, Shane, than LSU, Florida, Arkansas, Kentucky. I mean, this is no joke here. Uh, they are the only SEC team, Shane, with a receiver, tight end, and running back with multiple touchdown receptions this season. So they can score on you, but. As we saw against Ole Miss, they can't play a lick of defense. So, <laughs> nightmare matchup here. The, the spread is nearly 40 points in Athens for, for good reason. Georgia's that elite. And, heck, Georgia's not even playing that way. If Georgia was playing like they did the first couple weeks of the season, this spread may be closer to 50. But, I don't know, what what would you be looking for? And it's almost like a – it's almost a, <laughs> a curse, Shane, that they played so well against Ole Miss because now – Georgia's going to be looking at the tape like, whoa, we got to take these guys seriously, you know, and <laughs> into this matchup. So I don't know what what's things you'll be looking for from uh, from either team in this matchup. Yeah, I just I feel like you you can hit the nail on the head there. The fact that they made that game extremely interesting there at Ole Miss, that's exactly what Kirby's going to be using all week. We cannot sleep on Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has got an offense. A lot of people are starting to learn this Swan name. They're, you know, Mike Wright is still seeing him fun floating around. They have got some. They've got little pieces of weapons here. They got an excellent running game. I, if if they could put all that together, they can beat a lot of teams. Now Georgia, on the other hand, I mean, they're just they're top shelf. And 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 what they did last week was just total domination of Auburn. I think that's what they continue to do here with Vanderbilt is just pound the rock, force Vanderbilt to load that box up and then hit them downfield. That's what I expect with, uh, with Georgia. I think they've, I think they've overlooked enough teams this year, brother. I truly do. I think the Kent state Mizzou, those are, those are kind of haunting them. Not that, they thought they were going to lose it, even though it was extremely close against Mizzou. I think it was just enough to say, "Hey, man, we cannot play with our play with our dinner, man. Right. <laughs> you play with your food, then you could get bit." So I think what you're going to see with Georgia is, is just come out, play Georgia ball, uh, Georgia ball, load, you know, give these running backs. They may have four running backs with 100 yards at the end of this thing. Right, and, and for me, Shane, I mean, Stephen talked about it on the last episode. Three straight games, Stetson Bennett's yards per attempt has gone down. 
We got to get that corrected against mm-hmm. Vanderbilt with this defense. Uh, like you said, you should be able to run at will. You know, obviously Missouri gave you issues. Auburn did for a little while before you you went running wild on them. Basically, this is this has got to be a game, Shane, where Georgia does whatever the heck they want on offense. And if there's any aspect of Georgia that struggles against Vanderbilt's defense, mm-hmm. then it's, we got a serious, serious issue that we're going to have to work going into the bye week because, I mean, this is far and away – this is probably the worst unit in all the SEC, Vanderbilt's defense. Now, they'll, uh, they may sneak a score on you or two with these, these receivers. They got good running backs. And like you said, Swan, or heck, even they throw in Mike Wright, he can bust a, a long touchdown run on you. They, Georgia's elite enough, they may shut him out, but I, I got confidence in Vanderbilt to at least score once. But they, they just have got to have their way with Vanderbilt. Otherwise, I'm going to be a little bit concerned. Well, and, and not to mention, Mike, the, the schedule gets tougher for mm-hmm. the Bulldogs after this. I think you don't, don't get fancy. Don't get cute. Don't get anybody hurt. I, I, I think I saw too much Stetson last week. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love the, the long quarterback touchdown, but he does not need to be touched, period, because, you know, the next four games, three of them are top 25 opponents. Mm-hmm. So it, it does not get easier for them, and you're going to need a healthy stats, and you're going to need a healthy defense. So I think that's the key, just just good substitution. Get ahead early. Put this thing away. Don't let it linger around to the second half. Stay healthy, and then, you know, move on to the next week. Coach, last week uh, one of the Auburn players was talking about keeping Jordan out of his third down packages on defense. But I noticed when you're in your third down package a lot, we see Xavier Sori, Michael Williams, and uh, Bear out there. Some young guys on your money down. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the faith you have in putting those three guys out there? Yeah, they've, they've earned the right to be out there. They're, uh, they're extremely good athletes. They have quickness, uh, explosive um, might not have the strength in terms of the core weight room. I mean, Bears coming off a of shoulder surgery. Michael's a, a, a freshman that went through spring, and then uh, Missouri is a guy that came in and had not played a lot of football in high school because of injuries. So uh, they all three have uh, really good traits. I think one of the best things we do here at Georgia is take a freshman and say, what does he do really well? How do we utilize that in year one? And uh, you go back to the year that we had uh, – Nicobe on third down, Travon was on third down, uh, Tyreek Stevenson was on third down. We had we had these players that were playing as freshmen on third down because they could go out and execute at a premium. Um, some of those guys that you're talking about are playing out of necessity. We had other guys that might be in front of them, some of it be Smile or Jalen, that get dinged up. Those guys got to get ready to go play. So I've uh, been pleased with what they've done, but uh, we, we, we got to execute a little better with each one of them included. Kirby uh, mentioned the opener kind of creating this monster of an impression people have of you and kind of expectations that every game would be like that. Is the games being closer, last three games, a reflection maybe of opponents adjusting a little bit to you guys, or are there other factors, or is it just that, you know, you don't have to necessarily blow out teams 49-3 every game? Well, the factors truly are limitless when you – factor in millions of things that come to impact a game, whether it's what they're doing, what we're doing, headspace, the location, time of day, the temperature. I mean, you could factor a million things into that. At the end of the day, you want to execute at a high level. And sometimes the person line across from you 
does a good job at the point of attack and stops that. And you got to find other ways to attack them where you can win at. And in some cases, it has nothing to do with the opponent and has everything to do with us and just executing better. But that, that's, not, that's, that's not anything to do with our offense or how we started on Oregon or, or, or how we did on defense. It's just, to be honest with you, having 11 guys on the same page executing better more consistently. And I think if we get that across the board, uh, you'll, you'll always have good results. Now, how about this one, Shay? I mean, I don't know what in the world to make of this one. LSU at Florida. <laughs> LSU coming off a tough, tough loss. Florida coming off a largely unimpressive win. But, heck, an SEC win is an SEC win. You're never going to mm-hmm. apologize for a winning a conference game. It was actually Florida's first conference win, Shane, in, in seven attempts, I believe, is the stat. So, hey, something to build on for the Gators. But – who do you, you know, I don't know if favor is the right word, but, uh, you know, do you have a pulse on, on either one of these teams heading into this matchup? Well, no. Uh, and, and it's not so much. I I think I have a better pulse of LSU. Um, I talked about it earlier. I think they're on the right path. Mm-hmm. The scoreboard looks different against Tennessee, but if you truly watch that game, there was – there should have been less points given away and more points taken. I, I that's the what that's what I gathered from LSU. Now with Florida, that's the the ultimate Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde thing. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. Is it is are we going to get the Tennessee Florida game or are we going to get the freaking Mizzou Florida game? It was ugly. It was sloppy, and, and it's just it's it's ups and downs. And just when you 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 buy in Anthony Richardson, finally figuring it out, you know he comes and punches you in the nose. So I I don't really know. And and that's what makes Florida so dangerous um, because they, when they are hitting on all cylinders, they can beat anybody, but you know, 80% of the time they're not hitting on all cylinders. So they're not a fun team to gamble on. Uh, I just think LSU, if they can continue to prove the way they're doing, they're a tough team because we talked about this in the off season with Kelly and company that, that, you know, there's, there's growing pains. They're, they're thin, that they're, they're still trying to figure out that offensive line. They're bouncing around. Hell, the left, the tackle was out for this game. So there's, there's still some, some question marks, but I feel like they're starting to create an identity. And that identity is, is like I said, great at times so i'm more confident in lsu going in this game than in florida well let me ask you this shane because i realized different staffs different starting quarterbacks this year a lot of newness with both teams but still a lot of anger in this matchup i mean these two hate each other we got you know dead tiger skeletons (laughs) we got upsets we got goal line stands i mean we got hurricane debates and and controversies i mean this is a a rivalry that you know it's it's lost a little luster just this year just because these teams have suffered a a couple losses but make no mistake these two hate each other and they'll both get up for it i don't care where the game is played Mm -hmm. billy napier i gotta believe hates lsu getting looked over for that job so let's just assume shane that lsu and florida Come ready to play. They both show up in Gainesville with their A game. Mm-hmm. Who who would you favor in that scenario? Would it be the Gators at home or, or I mean, hell, LSU? I, Coach O, I know he's not 
that popular these days in Baton Rouge, but he really did own the Florida Gators. If they both played about as well as they can, who do you who would you like in the game? Mike, I tell you this, it that's that's tough. That is tough. And and if they come in, I always lean more toward the quarterback, and I still think Anthony Richardson on a great day yeah. is is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So if if we're saying perfect situation, everything's lined up. I'm probably going to go with Florida, but the fact of the matter is we don't know if he's going to show up. Right. And the one thing I love about this this rivalry is it's always tight, man. It's a, always a tight ball game. It's a one possession game nine times out of ten. Uh, I mean, even on Winsipedia, you look. It's thirty two thirty three. Uh, let me let me just do a quick rundown. Last game, seven points decide. This is the the margin of error. Seven points, three points. Uh, tw- that one don't count. We'll, we'll skip that one because that was a that was a dynamite year for for Louisiana. <laughs> Eight points, one point, six point, seven points, three points, eleven points, eight points. So it's it's always down to the way. And these teams, there's been good years and bad years. There's been good LSU's and bad LSU's, and good Florida's and bad Florida's. And it's like you could throw all that out. And it's and it's still a tight ball game. So why expect anything different in this one? What's what's the spread on this game? It's is Florida. It Florida by two and a half, I believe. See, I mean, come on. Even Vegas is telling you right now this is a hell of a ball game we're about to watch. So perfect situation. Yes, I love Florida, but what? Guess what? We ain't gonna get a perfect situation. We're gonna get all the gloves taken off, and it's gonna be an old fashioned beatdown out in the front yard. So I can't wait to watch it, man. Yeah, I'll sum up this game very quickly and perfectly, Shane. If you're gambling on this game, you got a problem. Call that hotline number. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to face a quarterback who's really good getting outside the tackles and and creating a, a problem for your, your guys in the secondary, whether you come up and tackle them or let them run. How do you set the edge? Because that's been a problem with all the running quarterbacks so far. It's a great question. And it's one of the uh, very specific things about this game. When you talk about, you know, the dilemma that you have relative to the amount of skill players that they have. I mean, at receiver, they've got some dynamic players, both inside and outside. So you pair that with the ability for the quarterback to break the pocket and scramble. You know, you think about statistically when you look at their team, this quarterback has, um, you know, made significant impact on the game with with his feet, right? So there's certainly going to be a big part of our planning and, you know, the dilemma that you have on defense. So I think it's a great question and one that we'll be working hard on this week. He throws the ball very well too. So is it a, a, an equal problem if you just keep him in the pocket because he does throw it so well? Yeah, no, I, I mean, you're picking your – you know, I think in your picking your spots, you know, you try to mix it up. And, um, you know, ultimately you got to play good at all three levels, right? So um, there's a number of ways to go about this. And I'm sure, you know, I think we'll have our way. Um, we'll certainly have ways to change it up in the game. But I think it's a great question. And any t- anybody that's played this team would tell you that's one of the biggest challenges about playing against them. Okay. Billy. You're you're four and two right now, and could easily be six and zero, or or even one and five right now. How do you impress on these guys that, okay, look, go back and look at this, and, and we're on, in each game in five of the six games, we're a handful of plays one way or the other 
from being at one end of the spectrum or the other? No, I think it's, I think that's a great assessment of where we're at, you know, so I think um, there's a lot of days you wake up and you're, you're thinking, man, I'm glad we're four and two, you know, uh, but you also think about the potential and the, we're a very capable team. Uh, we've been in the fight every single week. Um, I heard um, a guy, a coach, say one time that you're always you're you're always really close to being a very good team, and you're always really close to being a very bad team. Uh, and that describes our team in a lot of ways, right? I think we where we're at, um, you know, I think that we we have a very capable group, right? Um, what I'm hopeful that we see here is we start to minimize error a little bit better. We start to be more efficient. We start to believe a little bit more. Um, I think our practice habits are improving. Um, I think that the chemistry and the morale of the group is improving. Um, so, you know, where there's no easy outs in this league, we got a tough slate ahead of us. Complete focus. Uh, on this LSU game and what we need to do to position the team to win this field. First, uh, how's Will Campbell doing and any update yeah. on uh, Garrett Dellinger's MRI? And then also, didn't look like Harold Perkins was used pretty sparingly. Yeah. Is there any main reason for that? Three questions in one. I, you did a nice job. Really, kind of, yeah, it flowed very well. Um, good news on Will Campbell. Um, had a major test this morning uh, that he passed. Um, I. I think he's going to be released here uh, in the next hour or so. Um, we've got one more hurdle. Uh, we think if we pass that, which we're confident, um, we'll see what happens. Um, that, um, you know, things are trending in a, in a really positive direction for Will. So we're, we're really pleased. Uh, Garrett's got a second degree uh, MCL. Uh, so he'll be lost for this week and most likely next week. We're, we're really you know, thinking that it's probably a two-week injury uh, for, for Garrett Dellinger. Um, Perkins, look, as you guys know, we moved him to Sam Linebacker. Um, last week was not a position where, um, and you know the game, the game was a spread game. You got two receivers that are out on the numbers. Harold would have had to be standing out on the numbers playing the game as the Sam. We nickeled out. So we were in a nickel situation. We would have had to change his position back to inside linebacker for that game. We weren't going to do that. Uh, this is a game that suits him really well. You'll see a lot of Harold Perkins this weekend. Um, can you run more read option? Are you afraid to have the quarterback run too much? What can you do to get the offense jump started, do you think? Well, I mean, look, you watched the game as well as I did. Where were the problem areas? The problem areas is we moved the football between the 20s, but we didn't score uh, in scoring zones. So if you really want to break it down, we have to be critically um, analyzing, um, you know, key third and fourth down situations and, and really red zone, high red zone. So, um, you know, it's not really about plays as much as it's execution in those critical moments. And, and so um, really probably spending more time during the week in those critical situations in third and fourth down um, and how we can support the group in, in, in that situation as well. Um, you know, we've, we've got some new players on the offensive line. Maybe we have to do some more things. Maybe we have to move the pocket. Maybe we have to protect with seven. Do some things like that as well. So... 
I think it's really more about situational offense than it is adding anything. Matter of fact, I think we probably have to take some things out because we have to execute at a higher level. And maybe less is more, um, and, and maybe that's what we have to look at. All right, last woodshade, Auburn at Ole Miss again. Ooh, man, this is a, a lopsided one on paper at least. Auburn just went on their first road trip. It was at Georgia, so maybe that plays a little bit into the factor mm -hmm. there. But they were not really competitive in that ball game. Very, very shaky in that mm -hmm. game, being on the road for the first time. So many penalties. They just put themselves in disastrous situation time and time again. Brian Harson calling for these weird fake punts, calling for field goals and when you mm -hmm. needed a touchdown. I mean, nothing working for Auburn in this matchup. But, Shane, I believe they've won six in a row in this series. Now, Yep. I did see this. Someone posted it. I, I wish I'd give them credit if I was looking at it. The last three Auburn coaches, Shane, to to lose to Ole Miss, mm -hmm. they got fired immediately. So, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so, I mean, Auburn fans are a little bit excited going into this matchup. Yeah. Just put that out there. Uh, Ole Miss, again, inconsistent at times, but – Hey, they're getting it done. They're undefeated. Very few teams in the mm -hmm. country, very few teams in the SEC can say that. Has Auburn got any shot to win this ball game? You think? Not if you ask Vegas. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there is, there is what they're looking at, man. Is and, and that's I think part of the problems is is when you have a six game winning streak. Yeah. There's a lot of people in Auburn, even though you're going in a couple score underdog, still expecting to beat Ole Miss. You just don't lose to Ole Miss. Yeah. This is a team you don't lose to. And and the problem is Lane Kiffin's one of those rub salt in the wound kind of guys. <laughs> and if you are down a couple scores, he ain't going to let up, man. Nope. He is going to beat the shit out of you because guess what? He may want that job. So I think <laughs> that's the key here. You got to be careful going into this matchup. Auburn – it, Auburn's just got to have a hell of a game, man. They that's they they're gonna have to stop the run, force uh, force Dart to throw the ball because it feels like that's your only shot right now because he is not that consistent. And then on the flip side, you gotta you gotta have the best game you've had all season long a balanced attack with tank not just tank you can't rely on just the running game yeah. you got to get some passing involved here and you can't just let your quarterback run around like crazy so I, I think that's the key there is just loading up that box you know lane has been able to run against his opponents at will this is a little bit different situation i think auburn has enough uh, capability to slow old miss down now this could be a, a huge victory for Brian Harson and company. This could be a huge upset. So I'm not ruling that out. It's just they're going to have to not be conservative. Uh, and I watched that Georgia game, and it, it, it infuriated me. There was opportunities that, that Brian had to kind of keep that momentum, and, and it felt like he squandered away thinking that, hey, my defense can keep me in here. No, yeah. they can't. <laughs> Brian, your defense is not that good. Uh, and, and Ole Miss is going to find little little – little leaks in your dam here and he's gonna mm -hmm. he's gonna take advantage of it so you cannot afford to be conservative during this game if you've got some fancy plays you want to call up you better do it this weekend because you may not be going home yeah the, the only shot i see auburn win in this game shane i mean robbie ashford's got to play the game of his life kind of like he did yeah. against lsu even though there was mistakes made there 
he's kind of like a poor man's Anthony Richardson, though, Shane. I mean, yeah. you just never know when he's going to show up and doing it on the road at Ole Miss. Those fans are dying for a win in this series. This is a heated rivalry, too. Let's hope it's a great game and, and hope it, you know, we get back to these two hate each other, too. But yeah, it just, uh, this is one program trending one way and the and one program <laughs> trending the other. So, uh, you know, it could, it could get up ugly in Oxford. And then again, it may be like Dion, you know, no, Lane don't want to even shake Lane's hand after this thing. So we'll see, brother. That's what I, uh, separation Saturday, man. <laughs> yep. What? Hey, buddy, that's all I got on this episode. You got anything before we hop off here? We got nothing else Tennessee to talk about. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I, I, it's funny because I see all these Tennessee comments. And I wasn't even on the show. I was like, how's that even possible? Big Tennessee homer? So, but no, I I, I, I joke. It, it is a hell of a game, but it's a hell of a weekend. It's it, That separation thing, I, I truly think we're going to see, you know, a little bit of that, a little bit of a split in the SEC. And because we all, we all talk about, oh, well, things go right. Well, things aren't going to go right for all the teams this weekend, and we're going to we're going to see the the mask will be removed on a few of these uh, a few of these uh, teams. So I'm just pumped up, man, ready for some college football. I don't know about you, Mike, but uh, I'm trying to figure out my barbecue situation. I just don't know what we're going to grow. Got beautiful weather. The leaves are changing colors. We got all the leaf liquors in town. It's it's a uh, it's just the season, you know. My wife, she's like, hey, you want to go up to Gatlinburg tomorrow? I'm like, hell no, I don't want to go to Gatlinburg tomorrow. Everybody's in. Gatlinburg, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm gonna den up and watch some college football. So, brother, I'm I'm pumped up, and uh, I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end it, Shane. I appreciate you as always. Appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. <laughs> <laughs>